everyone. Welcome back to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. I'm Aaron. And this is episode number 141. And I know what you're thinking, guys, why aren't you in studio here? Uh, so uh, we've actually had a little bit of a uh, COVID scare with some folks that were near to uh, to near to my family, really. But uh, so far, everything's okay. But taking precautions, making sure that Aaron doesn't get sick. Um, and, and I'm not sick. So uh, that's why we're doing it remote like this here. Uh, before we even get started, I want to remind you guys, please um, get us out there. Share us on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, uh, whatever the platform is. I know Aaron is saying we're not having enough on Instagram. So hit us up on Instagram if you can, please. <laughs> Um, and then uh, get some people in the comment section with you. Get that conversation flowing. We love it. Just like uh, Samuel here, he says, please tell me it will be all right. No. You know, um, I don't <laughs> yeah. know that I can lie to you necessarily, Sam. I don't I don't really want to lie to you, but I don't think it's going to be okay. Aaron, what do you think? Well, I don't think it's going to be those seven, what, seven to one blowout losses, but uh I don't know. I, I like what uh, Kellen said here. Where, where is it? Uh, I think the Sharks are who we thought they were. There's a famous quote from an NFL coach. They are who we thought they were. Whatever. Yeah, he's saying a uh, talented middling team missing a key offensive piece. Kellen, to be fair, uh, we had an offensive piece that ended up in the AHL, and um, we're not going to talk I, about that. Uh, I think and- that's the dig. I think that's we, the we've also we're missing uh, a Kevin LeBanc. We're missing uh, Rudolph's balls or we had been missing Rudolph's balls at least. So, um, yeah, I think you're right. There's some you saying there's riddled with COVID problems and lack of consistency and experience. Uh, I mean, I have to agree with you. I think with uh, some of those players back on the roster, maybe it would have been OK for Sam. But, uh, yeah, as of right now, uh, with Noah Gregor sitting on that second line. I've uh, maybe we'll get into that one a little bit later on too. I don't know, but uh, anyway, Aaron, uh, where do you want to start off here? We had uh, some games that we didn't get to talk about from the previous week, and uh, there's like four or five of them, I think, now. So, do you want to start there? Where, where do you want to go? Uh, I think we just go with the good news of uh, Timo Timo time with the five goals. What do you think? All right, go ahead and we'll we'll start there. <laughs> All right, Timo Meyer scoring five goals, which is a Sharks record. I think uh, there's a couple guys with four. It was Owen Nolan, Tomas Hurdle, the very famous one, and uh, I think there was one other one. I can't remember who, but um, five goals is amazing. There's not many in, in history. And he also did it in the first two periods, which put him in pretty elite category, uh, which hadn't been done in, I don't know, 20-something years. So amazing. Uh, if you did not watch that game, and you are a sad Sharks fan, go back and watch the highlights of the LA game. Plus it was against LA. So that was nice. Uh, happened on Martin Luther King junior day, which surprisingly the Sharks played extremely well on, cause it was an afternoon game and they, I feel like they historically played terribly in those one o'clock afternoon home games. Um, kind of like a sleep fest and they absolutely destroyed LA. So I guess LA missed the memo and they were, they were napping during that time. Um, cause it really seemed like that game could have had, they could have had more goals. Like it could have been a situation similar to the Tampa Bay game, which was only a couple games later after this. Yeah. So, um, I'll set up this clip here. We have a clip of Timo Meyer being asked afterwards. Um, is this something that you're always going to remember? The question was, are you going to remember this day, you know, for the rest of your life? So here's the clip of Timo Meyer talking about it. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh... Definitely remember this day, and then you know, especially when it's a, it's a holiday. Uh, you know, it's definitely uh, pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I hope uh, you know it's uh, there's going to be another game like that. You know, you want more of that. But 
like I said, uh, enjoy it, but you know, don't get too high and, and, and go back to work. Yeah, yeah Kellen I I forgot the go back to work part. Yeah, exactly. Kellen commented here that Meyer also did that on six shots. So five goals on six shots is that shoots your shooting percentage up pretty high from the season. That that's amazing. Um, I feel like Timo, I mean, obviously Timo's on fire this year. That those five goals, you know, withstanding. Um, he's been the best sharks player, and this is the Timo Meyer that we've been expecting to see the last three seasons. So good for him. And he also was named to the all-star team, which we'll get into later. But um, interesting that he did say that, like you just mentioned it too, Paul, about uh, uh, not getting too high and keep working. And uh, they they did not do that. So the game after this, unless you have anything else to talk about for Timo's? No, just happy to pick up two points against his, uh, you know, Pacific Division rivals. And uh, we'll take a look at the standings a little bit later on. But um, picking up those points against the LA Kings, uh, pretty big for the Sharks. I know maybe some of us not thinking that the Sharks are going to be going to the playoffs. I'm still hoping uh, they're going to be in that boat. I don't know. Maybe it's misplaced. Sam, are you with me? Um, but, you know, again, against the Kings, I'm happy to take uh, two points away from them. Uh, get that four-point swing going in our favor. So uh, hats off to Timo. The only unfortunate thing out of all this is that because Timo scored five, I think it was uh, Barabanov was the only one that scored a goal. When it, when your team scores six, uh, you're kind of hoping that it's coming from more than just one player. <laughs> but um, we'll take it any way we can get it uh, in Sharks territory. So, uh, Aaron, go ahead. You can move on here. Oh, I forgot. Lost in those five goals was, was it Eric Carlson got his 500th assist? Yes. 500th point assist, right? Uh, I think it was point. It might have been assists. I'm not sure. I thought it was I know, point. He got five. 500 something. So uh, it, it got overshadowed by the five goals. But right. anyway, kudos to him for uh, that is quite the career. And, 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 you know, the other thing, to be fair, you're just saying things that got lost in this game. Uh, Reimer actually played really well in this game. He kept the minute for, for quite a bit. I know the, the Kings didn't really come out and play well. Uh, but right near the end, the thing was the end of the first. I think Kopitar had uh, fired a shot just short side, got one past him. And then other than that, there was only the one other goal, but uh, Reimer looked pretty good in net in that game. Uh, can't say the same for uh, some games coming up here, but uh, go ahead. <laughs> well, they play the Seattle Kraken in Seattle for the first time in Sharks history. It's kind of cool. And just like the first time they played Seattle, the Sharks lose to him. Now, after this game, the Seattle Kraken were sitting with 12 wins on the season and two of them are against the Sharks, which right. is just sad. These are these are slam dunks that I think they should be winning. Um, Seattle is, is a very boring team to me. I think those games, they just look like both teams look like they didn't want to even be there or play each other. They're going through the motions. And I felt like I especially felt that in the Seattle game that we actually went to the three of us had went to that game, yeah. uh, back in December. Um, and it was just, it was so boring. Like that was one of the quickest games I think I'd ever been to, but anyway, going to the away game, like kind of the same thing where it was just. I feel like the Sharks were doing well. They were playing well, and they couldn't score. And then they let Seattle get into it, and um, there was no spark, no life, no nothing. It just seemed very dull. I don't know. What did you see in that game? Well, real quick, I want to point out Anthony Sanchez and Kellen both uh, giving us a little help here. It was 500 assists uh, for Eric Carlson. Thank you guys for for chiming in and, and getting us for that one. So they get um, the assist yeah, for that? Yeah, the, 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 the cracking game um, – I'm kind of with you. It was kind of a, a, a boring game to watch. It was just kind of back and forth and not really able to, to maybe connect the dots a lot of the time there. Um, that second goal, it was three to one and they made it three to two, but it, by then it was, it was too late. 
Um, and you're really expecting, you know, you look at the end of the Timo clip that we just played and Timo's talking about, Hey, um, you know, not taking your foot off the gas, um, you know, get back to work. Um, I don't know where that went in this game. So I wish, I, I wish Timo had saved a couple of those goals from the Kings game and, you know, shoved them over to the Kraken game instead. But, um, you know, this is kind of what you get. And it, it's just, it's unfortunate because it's not like it's a team like, say, the Rangers, right? They're, they're flying high. They're kind of expecting a loss here. And you lose 3-2. to two. Hey, man, it was a close game. Good effort, blah, blah, blah. Um, this is a team that the Sharks should be beating, no matter how depleted the roster looks. Um, and, and to lose to them, you know, 3-2, to two, you only put up two goals. Um, I don't know, just not a good effort, not a good showing. And uh, I, I would lo- have loved to have seen more out of them. Even if they lose the game, I'd love to see at least I get a point out of this one. Now we've got uh, a $5 super chat here from Ryan Sontag saying, bring back the Timo clock cowards. Um, do it's we still actually, have the clock? It's gone. We it's gone. gave it away as a gift for the fantasy hockey winner last year. So it is no longer in our possession because the guy who won uh, for fantasy hockey, I believe he won the year before. So it was the second year and we had already given him swag. So I said, what do you want from the set? And he asked specifically for the Timo clock. So we no longer have the Timo clock. It is gone. Sorry. So I resent the whole cowards thing. You just jump <laughs> into conclusions there, Ryan. Uh, you know what? Actually, uh, I may have another Timo clock if that's the case. Uh, yes. When we, when we get our set back or when we're clear of any potential COVID issues, we'll go ahead and, uh, and, and bring that one back if I have one. So. Excellent. There you go. I also wanted to point out, by the way, that before this crack in the game, see, everyone's focused on the negative stuff because it's a what have you done for me lately kind of thing, right? In the last two games, obviously, a disappointing loss and then just getting shelled. But prior to this, I think we have to remember, they got points out of five out of six games, okay? I think it's nine out of 12 total points possible available to them. So, yes, the last two games, not a good showing, I, I 100%. But... If we're a fan base looking at this team going, man, this team's not good, then should we be surprised <laughs> if, they, if they're if they not uh, winning games? And shouldn't we be happy if they're getting points in five out of six games previous to this? Um, I, I don't know. It, it, it's one of the things where it's like when you lose to the good teams, you hear the fan base kind of going, well, see, this is you know the difference between a good team and, and us. I mean, we can't compete with the good teams. And then when you lose to the bad teams, they go, well, we, we can't even beat the bad teams. Like, this is how terrible we are, you know, blow everything up. It's, I don't know. It's, it, it's a little bit frustrating to see kind of like the same types of comments all the time. But, um, you know, again, you look back and Hey man, prior to these two games, they were on a bit of a run. They were, I mean, they're not, they're not nearly as terrible as they were the last two seasons. I think, I think for one, the culture's changed. It's much better. Yeah. Um, but two, I think the, even the personnel, like they have a little bit more talent than they did in the last, two seasons throughout the lineup. But right now they're kind of like Carlson's out for, I don't know. He missed the last game against Tampa Bay, which is yeah. interesting to see because um, the sharks were just, you know, how poorly defensively he is. He's, he was, I think sorely missed, maybe not on this defensive end, but at least getting the puck out and moving it out of the zone. So, um, but I, this team is a little bit better than the last two seasons. Um, skill wise, but they're still not there yet. They're not able to compete. I still don't think this is a playoff team. If they make the playoffs, I think we would see what we just kind of saw against Tampa Bay uh, because they would most likely be seventh or eighth you yeah. know, seed versus the top team uh, in the West. So I, I, 
it's hard it's hard to say for me i still don't think they're a playoff team i know you do you, you but, can say um, it man you don't have to say it's hard to say it you you, you believe it well, just just say it it's okay it is frustrating i i want them to make playoffs i think it would do wonders for their confidence i know they wouldn't yeah. get far but i think uh, at least it would give confidence to the team um I mean, let's get into this, into this, into the game against Tampa Bay. I mean, it was ugly. Okay. It was disgusting. It was yeah. not fun to watch. Um, maybe if you're a Lightning fan, but not as a Sharks fan, right? Um, Andrew Cogliano had some interesting quotes after the game. Normally, you know, guys kind of not brush it off, but kind of give you the cliche answers. And Cogliano went a different route. And not that he he didn't burn his teammates or anything, but. To me, this is exactly why the Sharks went out and got Cogliano. Um, just the way he speaks to the media, you know this is how he's how he's talking to the team. And you could see how this, how he and, I mean, there's other guys there too, but how he specifically is helping groom a new yeah. culture uh, into these younger guys. And this is exactly what the Sharks need. So here's a clip. Um, there was two questions. So the first question is, was this a wake-up call for the Sharks? And then the second follow-up question is, what did the team learn from this game tonight? So it's kind of a long clip, but here it is, uh, Andrew Cogliano. Well, it should be a wake-up call. I don't know what uh, if it doesn't uh, if that game doesn't alarm you in terms of uh, you know how fast you could be out of out of position and how fast you could go the other way um, coming up on the trip that we're coming on. Then you know at the end of the day, you shouldn't be in the lineup to be honest with you. So. Um, you know, that's, that's an alarming game in terms of just everything, you know, I don't, I don't really know how to explain it. You know, I think that's the best team in the league for a reason. And obviously you have to respect them to a certain degree, but, um, you know, they're on a back to back, uh, no offense to him, but at the end of the day, they're, they're the best goal in the world is, is in, in net. And I don't know, we just, we didn't really do anything. You, you learn that if you don't want to play, then you're going to lose against good teams and you're going to lose bad. You know, simple as that. I think that's, it's, it's pretty obvious when you play teams like that and not only do you not execute, but you just don't compete. And obviously we think we thought we were close to their level and, you know, proves that we're not even close. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, if, if, if what you need to learn, it should be a massive wake up call for our team that's played hard and battled through things all season, but, no one really cares. You know, no one cares of the standings and te- other teams are fighting for the same position and they don't care and they want us to lose. And, and it's on us to to play hard and, and, and win games and, and be close in games against good teams. Pretty interesting. I, to me, this guy sounds like he could possibly be a coach when he retires, you know, oh, like yeah. a future. He has a future in the NHL uh, on a staff position. That's an amazing guy very uh, very kind of stoic and and as it is and nothing he said was incorrect there yeah. um, I, I think um, I think he's a fantastic addition to this team just just you know, just listening to him talk there anyway um, what an interesting thing that he said there is that they it sounded like they had confidence going to that Tampa Bay game that they could hang with them which is it's exactly what you would want for a team right like who cares if if you really don't you know not that you don't think that, but you kind of have to believe that going into the game that you have a chance against these guys and that you should be able to hold your own. Now imagine if the Sharks had beat Tampa Bay. Let's say they held them like a two to one or a three to two score. That would be a huge confidence booster. Not, I mean, obviously in the standings, they're going to need the points, but 
just to be able to go out and beat a top team like that, I think that'll turn around some people in the locker room of like, oh, turning more into believers and, and yeah. pushing playoffs. Then you go out and you get destroyed seven to one. It's almost like the opposite effect there of like, wow, we're not even in the same, you know, stratosphere as the top teams in the NHL. Yeah. And and I think to add insult to injury is not only did you just get destroyed, okay, by one of the best teams in the league, but you also couldn't squeak out a win against the worst team, <laughs> one of the worst <laughs> teams in the league the night before or the game yeah. before rather. So I think it was it's a compounding effect um, where you know you 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 tried and you lose and you're, you're building towards a comeback really because it was three one you get three two and then you know you run out of time okay well that kind of sucks we'll we'll get our mojo back it was just an off game they're not a very good team we're better than that let's go uh, we can handle it and I think that's what you're talking about when when you hear him say that they thought that they could uh, you know uh, compete with them they could you know. Uh, but yeah, they they compete with Tampa Bay, and then they go out and they play it, and they just get absolutely annihilated. So it's like, no, maybe we just are that bad. And the the Seattle game was just you know a reminder of that. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it must have been, uh, and you could see it in his voice how dejected he was about it. But like you said, you know he's he was he was stoic about it. He wasn't pulling his punches. Nothing he said was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know I like I like Cogliano and what he brings to the locker room. Another guy they brought in, Nick Bonino. Uh, I'm sure he's in the same vein here where he's a prideful guy. He's a veteran in the league. Um, he's won before. And, you know, he's in that locker room now as the veteran to kind of help kind of lead the way for the younger guys. And, you know, I always tell my boys, too, you know, I, I don't mind losing. Um, you, you grow more by losing than you do by winning. You have something to learn from losing. So hopefully through these losses with these guys in the room and the culture change, it bodes well for hopefully the seasons to come, but maybe even for the rest of this season, um, the guys can learn something right away. That'd be great. Um, get themselves back on the, on the right path here, right the ship uh, a little bit uh, and squeak in. I would love to see them squeak into the playoffs, even if it's a first round exit and I'm wrong about that, then fine. But um, I think you're right. I think it's, it'd be a big confidence booster uh, for the younger guys in the team. The guys are going to be on the team uh, longer going forward uh, than some of the more veteran guys that are there. Not, I wouldn't say rentals, but you know, only on a couple of your contracts and maybe not going to be resigning after that. So, um, I think it can go a long way, uh, for the future of the franchise. So, uh, that's all with that one. Was there anything else you want to talk about with Cogliano, or did you want to take a couple comments here? I think we've got a couple of people uh, throwing things around in the comment yep. section if you want. Sure, let's take the comments. What do you see? Uh, well, Lundy pointing out that he's very close to the microphone during <laughs> interviews. Yeah, he's kind of leaning into it, right? He's practically swallowing that thing. He was yeah. he leaned right up on it, you know. I think that's more of a, um, and I don't want to say he was uncomfortable necessarily because again, not all the things we just said about him, but it's a body language thing where it's like I don't necessarily want to be here, and I just I'm going to make myself as kind of comfortable as I can, and I'm going to lean forward and forget everybody else. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I feel mm-hmm. like that's kind of just what that was, but yeah, you're right. He was leaning pretty close to that. Yeah. Um, what other comments do you see? I, I I see one that I want to. I want to address, but I don't know if it's time to address that just yet. Um, okay. And it's, it has to deal with Noah Gregor. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. Let, Kellen said, I think it's more of a wake-up call for guys who like already have a foot on the podium. Um, and Peter St. John said, also, young athletes tend to be mercurial in their consistency. That's why veterans like Cogs and Couture are prized. There's not a big difference between their best and worst efforts. That's right. They're 
kind of even keeled and and um kind of like i don't know if you remember patrick marlowe remember that guy uh he was always like people were always on him throughout his career because he wasn't as an emotional as like a jeremy roenick one of the guys who used to pick on him right and that was kind of like his hit one of the best things that he brought is that he was the same consistently which is why he broke the record for how many games played because he's consistent with how he uh conducted himself Mm -hmm. and played and so you always got the patrick marlowe that you knew you were going to get so it's players like that like and he learned that from other guys in the league when he was a rookie and he came in so um he continued that on but very similar like there's a big difference between rookies and 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 veterans the veterans know 82 games is a grind like Take, for example, Timo Meyer's five-goal game, right? Don't get too high because it's not going to continue. You're not going to score five goals every night. In fact, you're barely going to score any after you score that many. So yeah. um, you got you, you to gotta celebrate it, but you also got to move on because that's just one of 82 games that you're playing in. Um, people already forgot about that LA game so because the last two games have been stinkers. Yeah. <laughs> no, and again, like I said, it's it's kind of like a what, what have you done for me lately kind of a, mm-hmm. a – league right i mean when the fans are looking at it and they see the last two games were these losses against the team you should have beat and, a, and an absolute blowout against the team you shouldn't have beat anyway but it was an absolute blowout forget the fact that they had five uh, out of six games worth of points right so um all that I mean, stuff that, goes out the window that's kind of like our our show is more of a macro view kind of going back to our basics of yes we're doing a macro weekly view of the shark stuff rather than a show after every game, yeah, kind of like a post game show. Like we don't need to dissect everything down that much. So um, we like to take things in in chunks like that to to kind of be more for us be more even keeled on on. The yeah, charts. it's a lot. Take take the average, right? Because then you don't get these massive roller coaster spikes of emotion, right? You talk about yeah. being mercurial, um, and you know if if you get super high after the the Timo game, then we have oh everything we're awesome, we're gonna win the yeah, and. Then you see the seven one game and it's like, well, we're terrible and trade everybody away. It's like you have these range of emotions. You just end up being bipolar. So um, I think it's just better to kind of like like Aaron said, we, we take them, you know, a few games at a time and uh, we kind of talk about the average really. So um, sometimes, though, that that average was something that happened two weeks ago and we didn't do a show. And now we're talking about two losses. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, there, there's that. So um, any other comments or can I address the Noah Gregor stuff? Oh, real quick, because I brought him up. Marlo is playing for Team Canada in the Olympics. That's pretty cool. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I figured that was going to happen. You're going to get similar to when yeah. the NHL wasn't allowed to go last time. They're going to get guys that were just out of the league or um, and playing in other leagues, not in the NHL yeah. or college guys that want to play for their country. Yeah. Nice. That's that's anyway. awesome. I'm I'm glad to see he's uh, he's a lace him up. He's able to yeah. lace him up for somebody, anybody, you know, because mm-hmm. um, he certainly doesn't want to stop playing. Uh, he wouldn't sure. make Team Canada otherwise. <laughs> so his last chance, <laughs> literally his last chance to play for them, probably. That no, that that's true. That it's you're definitely right on that one. This would be absolutely his last opportunity to play for Team Canada for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we talking mean mode or medium? <laughs> nice. Good job, Peter. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk just briefly about Noah Gregor here, I guess. Um <laughs> okay. Although Patrick, I, I I noticed the the comment about Paul is louder than Aaron. I don't know if that's um, something Jason can can tune from there. But uh, I said um, he can't. Yeah, yeah, he responded <laughs> that I'm always louder. That's I noticed true. though that you're using like 
is the O has a little line over it or something. He's not he's not Hispanic. He's Italian. Jason is. So I don't know where the, why the line over the O where that's coming from, but whatever. Anyway, uh, Noah Gregor, um, I was going back and forth with some folks on Twitter about this actually, and um, yeah, I just I I think it's time for anyone else to get a shot on the second line other than Noah Gregor. Um, I know, like, what's his name? Uh, I think it was Anthony Sanchez. Somebody here had said, well, who who else would you put in his place? Actually, it was Ryan Sontag here. I've, I've liked Gregor's speed and effort. Uh, he has had terrible puck luck, but who should we dress in his place? Anyone else right now, I think, is is the right answer. Um, it's not that he's so bad that we have to get him off the second line. For me, it's, okay, we've tried him on the second line. The guy's got one goal and five assists in 26 games or whatever it was. Um, it's not really working out. So let's put him where he belongs, put, keep him in the lineup. That's fine. Just bump him down to the third line, throw anyone else in there. It can't be any worse, right? He's guys, again, he's got six points, one goal in, in 26 games playing on the second line and second line power play. Um, although he hasn't been there the entire year, but I mean, that's where he is now. So I, I don't know. I, I think it would be nice to see, you know, Hogavox get another shot. Um, we keep talking about Sasha, whatever, bring him up, give him a, give him a go. You know, it's another year. He's had one more year of experience. Maybe give him a shot. And you take a look at the AHL roster. I'm sorry, the AHL stats at least. And, you know, there's Scott Reedy's up there. He's leading the team, the, the Barracuda in points. Give him a go, you know. Just give anybody else a, a look. Um, and now, is any one of those guys necessarily better than Noah Gregor? Maybe not. But Noah's had his time. He's had his time on that line. He's had his time in the NHL to do something. And so far, it just hasn't been impressive. And it's not working. Uh, at least not on that line. So I would like to see anybody else get a shot. I'm not saying anybody else is necessarily a better player, but they can't do much worse, right? So um, that's kind of my take on it. Um, I the, the poor guy is just snake bit. He cannot score a goal to save his life right now. He's had so many opportunities, and that's one of the reasons why maybe they still have him there is, I don't know, I guess he's generating you know opportunities. That's great. Uh, if you can't finish, it doesn't really matter. All you're doing is increasing the goaltender's save percentage. <laughs> so I don't know. I would rather see just anybody else just get a shot, get an opportunity. I and mean, he got an opportunity. Why not anybody else? So that's kind of my take yeah. on it. Um, I'm not saying he's he's a poor player. I'm not saying they're losing because of him. I'm not saying anything to that effect. What I am saying is he's had his chance. It's not really working out. Let anybody else have a, an opportunity as well. Yeah, to me, he's another... Tori Mitchell and Matt Nieto, lots of speed, decent amount of skill. And for whatever reason, just cannot finish. It, it's unreal because he gets himself in so many scoring positions and just can't bury the puck. And it's, it is frustrating. It's yeah. frustrating because you, we want him to be successful. We want him to score for the sharks, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I get your point. Like his, his number of chances are running out, but I, at the same time, I don't know if there's really anyone that they could plug in there that would make an immediate impact like he kind of is in the game. Maybe he just needs to pass more since he can't shoot it and score and <laughs> pass it off to someone else. But yeah, his speed is is like the number one part of his game. And he's he's probably one of the fastest, if not the fastest guys on the team. Um, and that's always been his like his pedigree. Yeah. And so he gets himself into scoring because so many breakaways, as Callan said, it's it's true. You and you know who else it. has got a lot of speed on that team that doesn't play on the second line? Matt Nieto. Right. But Nieto's a good penalty killer. I don't think Gregor's there yet, but maybe yeah. that could be, he could 
model himself after Matt Nieto and still carve out a career in the NHL and be a very valuable asset. He could Absolutely. be like, uh, uh, oh, who is that guy that used to play for the Rangers? He scored like shorthanded goal after shorthanded goal because he was all speed and nothing else. I'm blanking on his name. He signed with the Arizona Coyotes, and then uh, I think they ended up buying him out or something or burying him because he was. Oh, you you talked about you wanted him on the Sharks at one point. I did. I, I wanted him for his penalty killing. That was yeah. it. Nothing. I, basically, I wanted him like Matt Nieto, but yeah, not um, not pay him as much as what he got paid in Arizona. Right, right. Now, if anybody can remember that guy's name, he he played for uh, the Rangers, and then yeah, like he said, he went on to uh, Arizona. If you can remember his name, put it in the chat. We'll call it back out. Blank on his name. It's All right. <laughs> well, um, what do you say? You ready to move on to take a look at the standings here? Michael Grabner. Thank you very there much. There you go, Grabner. I looked it up. Cheater. He's still on the roster, or he's still uh, he's on the buyout. He has he's making one point two million dollars this year. Good for him. <laughs> Maybe he'll be on Team Canada, wherever he's from. I forget where he's from. I don't think he's Canadian. Yeah. Um. Anyway, you want to talk about the standings real quick? Yeah, go for it. All right, let's start, let's show up the standings. Here's a, a graphic of where the Sharks are currently. Um, this might have been actually before the Seattle game finished tonight, but um, the Sharks right now are currently in fourth. You're like, oh, that's pretty good. But then when you look at the actual points percentage, yeah. it is not so good. The Sharks are in sixth out of eighth at points percentage because Edmonton and Calgary's had so many games postponed due to COVID um, restrictions in Canada. So, I mean, Edmonton has been in a free fall. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but they have been hot garbage lately. It's fantastic to see. (laughs) So they're coming down to earth. Calgary is still up there. Um, Points percentage wise, it's Vegas, Calgary, LA, Anaheim, Edmonton, San Jose, Vancouver, Seattle. So they're ahead of Vancouver. Vancouver's kind of uh, cooling off a little bit with Bruce Boudreaux being their coach and and going off of a a hot tear. But um, I think they're still going to miss the playoffs, even as good as they have been lately. Um, The Sharks, I think, are going to bounce between that fourth spot and sixth spot, exactly kind of where they are right now, depending on other teams. Um, I think Anaheim might cool off a little bit. And I think LA is kind of surging right now, but I think they're also going to cool off in a little bit. So I still think it'll be Vegas, Calgary, one of LA and Anaheim, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Edmonton's going to squeak out that fourth spot or maybe get into third. I think they'll turn around because Edmonton has been interested in a certain former San Jose Shark player. Should we segue into that? Patrick Marlowe? Let's yeah no no <laughs> let's let's go into that um because this we were going to talk about this last week but we didn't do a show last week uh, long story we were going to do one on that Monday night and then uh, our studio wasn't available and we weren't ready for a quick turnaround to do this so we didn't do a show last week anyway um, last week the GM of Edmonton Ken Holland said he was looking at Evander Kane and then Connor McDavid was asked about him. And I'll read here what Connor had said, which is a big deal because Connor is, you know, the reigning usual MVP every year and scoring title. Um, I'm not really here to discuss optic issues. If the fans don't like it or the media doesn't like it, whatever. I'm sure there's lots of things that go on on the ice and whatnot that fans don't like. And we don't necessarily have to discuss those with you guys. The public opinion is something that obviously matters a lot, but we're here to try to win games and try to put together a good team on the ice. If Kenny thinks Kenny, the GM thinks that we could do 
then that's what we can do. Kenny's got our full support in what he does. That is an interesting statement. Uh, <laughs> I came late. Have we talked about Kane yet from Chris Sharp? Thanks. Here we go. <laughs> um, it's an interesting statement because they are obviously overlooking everything that isn't the off-ice thing, off-ice issues, which he has multiple across many years. So it's not right. just something, one thing, two things, three things. It's a lot. Um, this is a team that is desperate to get back into the playoff hunt. Uh, they need a spark and they think that this is where they're going to get it. So who's the number one power forward that's not signed with the team right now? Evander Kane, who's yeah. probably going to sign with somebody Evander Kane. Now I think this could possibly been a leak by his agent about all of this, because that was like the start was, Oh, Edmonton's kind of rumored to have signed him. Someone had posted on Twitter. It's kind of weird because some random account had posted that uh, Edmonton just signed him. And then his agent like retweeted. It goes, nope, no thing signed yet. It's like, okay, come on, man. You're leaking this so that other teams go, oh, someone's yeah. going to, you know, Edmonton's going to sign him. We better throw in our name in the hat. So let's do it. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so I think I think that's what it is. I think it was a leak by the agent, which forced someone to ask the question to Mo- Connor McDavid. And that forced him to release that kind of statement. So, Still imminent. I think it's going to happen this season. What do you think? I think uh, I don't want to be in the Edmonton locker room right now because you hear <laughs> Connor McDavid uh, responding the way that he responded to the question. Like, if you guys don't like it, whatever. We don't have to. We don't have to answer to you guys or whatever. And then, did you see the Leon Drysaddle interview? <laughs> yeah. Jeez, well, man. There's history between those guys, but yeah, yeah but oh my goodness, like, it, well, yeah, it, it's. They're, they're, they're a grumpy team right now. And you take a look at the standings and you can understand why. And they, like you said, they've kind of been in this free fall. Um, I, I would not be surprised if this is that hail Mary uh, go out, get Kane, forget about the off ice issues, just sign the guy, try to win hockey games and move forward. Um, and, you know, honestly, it'll probably work. It worked for the sharks for at least the first year or two. Right. So, um it, it's it'll probably end up working out if they have them longer term that's where i think maybe they need to be a little more careful um and obviously we've we've seen that firsthand but um i think in the short term it's not it's probably not a bad idea for a team that has the mojo and lost the mojo and is just trying to get it back and it can certainly surge themselves back up to the top of the pacific um if we're only talking about on ice hockey, (laughs) not stuff in the locker room, not stuff on the street uh, or not on the street, but you know, outside of the locker room, I mean to say. Um, So I'm pretty sure he would behave himself and all Edmonton fans would be like, Oh, you guys are idiots. You could have signed him. He's great. And then the Edmonton will start winning. And then, and then you give him a three year deal and then you see what we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. One year deals from now on, keep him on his toes. Um, yeah, anyway, I, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, I wanted to bring that up last week. If we were going to do a show, yeah. it was news back then. Just wanted to, to talk about it. So it, what's interesting is he's still, so he's no longer under contract for the sharks, but he has a grievance with the NHLPA, and it will be really weird if he does sign a contract, say with Edmonton or somebody, because you can't have two contracts with two different teams. Right. So I'm wondering what he would do. Would he drop the grievance with the NHLPA? but then he would leave X amount of dollars off the table at the Sharks owe him depending on how much he signed for in his new team, you know? So like, let's say he signs a $1 million deal 
Well, then that means he's going to leave right. six million dollars on the. Well, maybe not that much, but uh, well, seven after this year plus whatever prorated it is this year. Um, so it's a lot of money. It's a it's a big deal. But his goal is to get back into the NHL this season. What his according to his agent. Yeah. So, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to say no to a contract and play with Connor McJesus and Drysital? No, absolutely not. Think about that's, a career year. Doing. Yeah, you would have a career year, and you'd only play like less than half the season. It's it's an unreal opportunity to go to that team. Given everything that's come out, again for me, if I'm him, I'm going to any team that's willing to sign me. I don't care if it's Arizona. I don't care if it's Seattle. I don't care who. I don't care who it is. Any team willing to sign me, I'm playing for them. If it's in the AHL, I'm playing for them. I don't care. I'm trying to salvage my hockey career. I'm trying to make some money again. Um, maybe along the way, I can show some some folks that hey, I could still play uh, and maybe get a bigger contract down the road. But uh, yeah, he doesn't turn anything down right now. I don't think. I think for. For him, the smartest move is even if it's less money than he could get by some sort of a settlement, um, is to get himself playing again, uh, show that he can play, try to show that he can be a good teammate for at least the one year, um, and then you know hopefully he can revive uh, his career through that and make make some money back. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, you know, honestly, like with the grievance and everything, is that is that more like a uh, fill out a comment card? Like I have a grievance. Do they actually, is that like an appeal to it necessarily? Or is it just like, I'm angry and then here you go. Like I'm filing a grievance, right? No, so what can be the outcome of that necessarily? No, the NHLPA is going to be fighting against the NHL. So it's right. the Players Association versus the owners, essentially. Players versus owners. And it's at this point, it's lawyers. It's lawyers talking to each other saying, hey, you can't do this. And they say, oh, yes, we yeah. can. And then they're going to end up going eventually into court over it uh, with an arbitrator either an arbitrator or a judge, I'm not sure, or one of the same, I don't know. But they're going to rule something like, okay, they might like take the middle ground and say, okay, the Sharks can do it, but they're going to have to owe them this much money and you have to put this much on the books for cap-wise. Cap, you know, kind of a recapture because you sign them to this contract and you're not you're not upholding it. Um, there really hasn't been anything, a precedent set for it. That's part of the problem and why it right. might take so long. Um, but teams are going to be looking at this closely because if the sharks are able to get out of that $7 million for four more year contract, they, every team has somebody in their books that they want to get rid of without a cap hit. So yeah. they're going to, they're going to watch this one uh, really carefully. Um, speaking of uh, Arizona coyotes. Oh, you're going to do it. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Anthony Sanchez. When the sharks decide to trade for Phil Kessel, then we will become a wild card team. If this move happens, we need to make sure Phil is introduced to Marks or Happy Hound Hot Dogs in the San Jose area. <laughs> Absolutely. For those that don't understand what that joke's about, uh, when Phil Kessel was on the Toronto Maple Leafs, there was a story that he walked to the arena every day for a game and stopped at a hot dog vendor in Toronto and then walked into the arena. It's been debunked, but this, it like, it's it's just been in like an ongoing thing for years. I mean, he hasn't played in Toronto in forever. Um, and he's even played into it a few times. I can't remember what it was. He's posted some pictures of him, like trolling basically like with hot dogs and stuff, something like that. So he's kind of gotten in on it and laughed about it, but it has been debunked that he didn't do it. And it was kind of weird because the columnist that wrote it, I think he was kind of an esteemed 
guy and he took a i think he took a reputation hit because he didn't really do his due diligence about it and wrote a story about it and it wasn't true so the poor guy has been been dogged by it so anyway the joke is if you get phil kessel on your team you got to buy him a hot dog cart to go with in his house oh and then his house that sold did you see the pictures of that there's another thing there's pictures of his house that he had sold i think this is when he was in toronto and he moved either toronto or pittsburgh i can't remember um there was a movie theater room in the house and there was one seat in the movie theater room so it's like one movie theater reclining nice leather chair in a room by itself in the middle of the room like it almost looked like there were rows of chairs and there was only one there so it's like it's the loneliest movie room is what everyone called it like the poor guy is just always alone does he have a hot dog cart next to the the chair at least people photoshopped it in oh yeah i'm sure they did (laughs) yeah anyway i would love to see phil kessel on the team because he's on an expiring contract yeah who cares rental player Yep. Anyway, but I, the only good. question is what you'd have to give up for him. The Sharks are not going to want to give up draft picks, and, and certainly not a prospect that could turn into something to get. How about uh, Noah Gregor? Noah Gregor's a prospect. I would. Right? I would straight up. I would go heads up, Gregor for Kessel, one hundred percent all day. I'll retain half the salary. Ooh. I'll even throw in the sixth. It's a deal, and some hot dogs. Nice. Uh, Melissa had asked, what, what did Dreisaitl say? I'm not going to go into it, but if you just Google search Dreisaitl reporter, the first thing that comes up is the video that we're talking about. So um, go ahead and check that out, Melissa, or anybody else who was who interested in that. Actually, Brody Brazil had a nice breakdown of this as well, um, tying it into the Sharks in some way, shape, or form. Um, if you go to Brody Brazil, he's, he's got a YouTube channel too. I'm sure you guys know what it is. Um, he did a really nice breakdown of the, the reporter's question and how everything just kind of deteriorates <laughs> over a very short period of time. He did a great job doing it. So well, leading um, up, leading up to that interview or that interview, the, the question asked mm-hmm. the Oilers have only played like one game in a week for like a couple weeks. So yeah. they haven't, they've been practicing a lot and practicing, practicing, practicing. And the reporters have nothing to ask because they haven't played any games. And so they get sick of each other, seeing each other every day, asking the same questions, a different way to get the same kind of reaction. So that kind of sets it up a little bit where you're like, you can see why he's so grumpy because they're just constantly asking the same question in a different way to get the same answers. And so he just didn't want to answer it. And then that's where the exchange kind of happened. You showed your frustration on the ice. Uh, Is it a good thing that the other team knows you're frustrated? Yeah, it's great. Awesome. Well, this, what kills me is the reporter goes, why are you so pissy? Yeah. That's very rude to ask somebody to ask that. That's just. Why do you think? <laughs> anyway. Okay, cool. So we talked about the, the standings here. Um, you, you don't think the Sharks are going to be crawling their, their way back in now? Uh, if they do, they're just, to me, I mean, I said this in the beginning of the season. I think they're going to be a bubble team. Yeah. Kind of like right there, but not quite enough. And they're going to be fighting for it all season long. That fourth spot, the wild card spot. I'm going to butcher this name, but Ram- Ramiz, R- Ramiz, 8320 says, I'd take that trade. Phil wouldn't be all pissy about it either. <laughs> well done. Tying it all together. Full circle. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and we we'll see. Uh, we got uh, Meyer uh, going to the all-star game, representing the San Jose Sharks. Um, I don't know. You, you had something else you want to talk about with this one here, but I think it's it's great to see somebody other than, uh, we've had Burns in there a few times. Carlson's obviously gone a few times. 
Um, and I think Couture made it uh, the, the, the was his rookie year or something, wasn't it? It was it was a while ago that Couture made it. So uh, kind of nice to get uh, Timo in there um, representing the Sharks. Obviously very deserving this season. Um, he, he's been killing it, uh, doing such a great job. Um, like you said in the, earlier in the show, um, showing that he's the guy that we thought he would be, at least for this season, um, which is kind of funny because it's not a contract year. So, um, uh, yeah, no, it's just great to see. And I think it's well-deserved. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, the all-star game is kind of weird just the way it's all set up because it's based on division. And then I can't remember it's three on three now, so they're not taking as many players as they used to. Um, but it's interesting that, um, I mean, both teams, you look at the rosters, there's only one defenseman (laughs) on the Pacific division and one in the central division um and how many the atlantic has two and the metropolitan has three so it's just funky how it's all set up um i guess they're gonna have forwards being playing defense i mean i can't remember i don't really watch the all-star game that much it's not that the all-star game itself isn't as interesting as i like the skills competition i think that's a lot of fun to watch and different plus the players get to take their helmets off so you get to see their faces i think it's great for mm-hmm. the nhl more exposure for them um but the the All Star Game just doesn't interest me. What 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 I like to see is um, people getting named to the All Star Game. At least you know they get to have that in their in their careers. And it it's funny because like when you look at the list, it tells you who made the All Star team and how many appearances it makes for them. Um, Johnny Gaudreau's on the team and he's sixth right now, and Connor McDavid is. Uh, only five times which is weird I, I would think that mcdavid would have more but he hasn't been in the league as long yeah. so um I, I don't know i hurdle i think could have made it but they just don't take as many players so there's only really like two spots that would double up kind of on a team so it's mcdavid and dry duh like there's yeah. no way that those guys aren't going to be there um and who's the other team that has two? Looks like Anaheim has Troy Terry, their forward, and John Gibson. So they have two. Um, so you remember when they voted in John Scott, of course, right? Right. Um, if Evander signs with Edmonton, would the fan uh, vote potentially? <laughs> I don't like where this is going. I'm just saying it can happen. Got to be prepared. Right. Yeah. You didn't anyway. sign All-Star Evander Kane. What's the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> Is the All-Star Game weekend even relevant from Chris Sharp? Uh, relevant to it's what? It's a celebration <laughs> of skill. Yeah, it's it's putting all the league's best players together yeah. in a game to see who would win. But now it's changed because now it's three on it's a three-on-three tournament, which is cool. It's fun. It's exciting. But I think it, it's already kind of getting a little stale. And I like to me, like the football... NFL has an all-star game. They call it the Pro Bowl. And yeah. nobody watches it because it's garbage. Because nobody's going to hit each other. I think that needs a revamp. But what I like about it, what they should do, is just make it an all-Madden team and just name the players. They don't need to play in a game. Like, who cares? I almost feel the same way about the NHL game. I don't really need to see these guys play together. I just I like the skills competition. I think that would be really cool if they did everybody doing all the skills things. You know, like fastest skater. Connor McDavid is probably going to win. Yes. But it would be funny to see how much he, how much faster he is compared to the slowest guy that's at the All-Star game. 
I think that'd be hilarious, right? Make everybody do the skating, and then you have everybody ranked. Yeah, but that's kind of demeaning to the guy who's the slowest, too. That's terrible. They just talk smack to each other. You know what I'd love to see, though? Here's what I'd love to see. I'd love to see uh, fastest skater forward. Fine. I'd love to see, for defenseman, fastest skater backwards. That would be cool. I would love to see that. Now, somebody would probably crash and burn and smash their head into the the boards, and that'd be the end of that. But um, I still, I think it'd be be a showcase of skill uh, in a different way. So I, I think it'd be cool. People are laughing at my uh, <laughs> voting for Kane thing. Anthony Sanchez, of course, very correctly saying it's too late to vote for Kane. Thank you, Anthony, for killing my fun. Wow. <laughs> um, also, I want to address before we move on to the next topic here. Um, Patrick Cabral, Cabral saying, "Let's not trade away Tomas right when he is finally becoming the player the Sharks that, uh, need right now." Um, so, uh, unfortunately, the the reason why everyone's talking about trading, and I'm sure you know this, but um, the reason everyone's talking about trading him is because he's on an expiring contract. So uh, unless he wants to resign with the Sharks, it would suck to have him walk and not get anything in return for him because uh, he's such a great player. You can certainly get a nice haul coming back. And if he's not going to resign because he wants to play for a team that, I don't know, is competitive, um, then uh, it would certainly be nice to be able to pull a prospect, uh, a roster player, draft pick, things like that, uh, get that for him. Um, otherwise, Gosh, it would suck to have him walk. Uh, so if the Sharks are not looking like they're going to be a playoff team, which currently it doesn't really look that way, um, they're in the mix. But as Aaron pointed out, they have a lot more games played than some of the teams that are below them who are surging. So uh, it looks like we're probably going to be, like he said, that bubble team, maybe not making the playoffs. If that's the case, do you really roll the dice and not get a return on Hurdle and risk him going somewhere else? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's the best idea. As much as I like Hurdle and I would want to keep him, and I hope that they re-sign him uh, as a, a core member of this team moving forward, uh, if that's not in the cards, you have to trade him. You have to get something for him. Um, it would just be terrible not to. And on that note, uh, we're going to start off with a roll call before we move on. So, uh, Aaron, do, do you have a, a topic for them? I mean, we've got some doomsday topics here. So <laughs> it's, can we get something uplifting? I don't know. Uh, will we see another shark score five goals in a game? Okay. Uh, can we have a realistic roll call? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Roll call. Tell us where you are watching from. And if, I don't know, what do you want to ask if hurdles going to get traded? And Chris Sharp's question. If you were hurdle, would you sign here? Honestly? Oh, all right. There you go. Where where are you watching this from? And if you were hurdle, would you resign here in San Jose? How fan? I mean, I think next season the Sharks are going to be much more competitive. They're going to have a lot of their younger guys ready to make the jump to the NHL. Eklund. And I think they're going to land a couple free agents that will be much better. What if Doug Wilson strikes a deal with Hurdle secretly and says, hey, go be a rental player, go win a cup, and then come back and sign with us? We're going to trade you for this, this, and this. And next season, I promise you, I mean, like he did it with Kevin LeBanc, right? Yeah. Not that he was a rental player, but he he's like signed for dirt cheap and then I'll take care of you. Yeah. Imagine if he does that. Possible. I'm just going to throw that out there. Throw out the universe. Yeah. See what happens. See if it sticks. I like that the first thing out of Doug Wilson's mouth, according to you, is going to be, hey. <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> just get to the point. Hey. <laughs> 
Man, we got a Sydney, Australia here in Van, uh, Vancouver, BC. Way to go. Nice. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you guys. That's awesome. And of course, Lundy, Minnesota. There you go. <laughs> I would resign if Braun came back. <laughs> oh, He's got to throw, he has to say Braun's name at least four times <laughs> in our chat. <laughs> it just doesn't, it's not a, it's not a show. Ooh, Anthony Sanchez, give the C to Hurdle and trade Couture. Ah, do so, I think Hurdle is the better player? Couture's signed to too many more years. He wouldn't yeah. be he wouldn't be tradable right now. Right. But I could see maybe if he has two years left, or maybe definitely with one year or less or no years left, right? I think he could be a good rental because Couture is a playoff beast. Like yes. he's he's a sixty to seventy point player in the regular season. He'll never be a ninety to hundred. But yeah. in the playoffs, like his his what points per game is like on pace for like ninety to hundred points. He's amazing in the playoffs. He just completely elevates his game, and he's old, reliable too. I say old, but he's not really old. But I mean, he's 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 so reliable in on in two hundred feet. Yeah, right? no matter what zone you're in, he he'll he'll do your he'll run your first line power play. He'll run your PK. Um, you can trust him in the face off dot. Um, he, he just, he does it all. So, um, yeah, Logan Couture is one of those players that is the jack of all trades and he does all of them. Well, the question is, would you take for me, at least the question is, would you take Couture over a hurdle? Um, that I don't know. Um, I, no, I, I think I like hurdle too much. If I had a, oh, hurdles younger. Yeah. And Couture is a lot older. Uh, they both get hurt. That's my problem with them. Yeah, they both tend to get hurt at least at some point during the season. They can't really play a full eighty-two game seasons. At well, they don't very often enough. Kachura, that's not really fair because him getting hurt sometimes is him getting hit a puck to the face. Like you can't. It's not like you're made of glass. You just took a puck to the face, dude. Like doesn't matter. No, nah, I know. Brent Burns got pucks to the mouth, and he still plays. <laughs> <laughs> he has no teeth. His whole freaking. He got hit two times in a row, wasn't it? He got hit one night. He lost two or three teeth. And then I think he missed a game because he had to get surgery. And then he comes back, he gets hit again, and he lost more teeth. And then he got infected. I mean, that was like years ago. It was, it was a nightmare for him. It's awful. Yeah. Lovely. Anyway. Moving right along, um, you wanted to talk about goaltending here. I hate to say it, but James Reimer has crashed and burned back down to earth. Major market correction here. Uh, he missed some games. He was hurt. And he had a good bounce back game when he came back against what? Why are you laughing? Dude, you're hilarious. Go ahead. Keep going. All right. Um, I hate to see it because I was excited for him to be at the top of the league. I didn't expect him to be up there, but just the whole market correction. Um, Aiden Hill had, they now started the exact same amount of games, 21 games apiece. Uh, Aiden Hill now sports a better goals against average at 2.78 versus Reimer's 2.83. So very similar, all much better than what we've been getting the last couple of seasons. Save percentage, he's still up there because he did such good work in the beginning. So he's at 914 and Aiden Hill's at 901. Again, both goalies over 900, something the Sharks haven't had in three years. Yeah. So um, still doing okay collectively, but Reimer is... Like I said, I think they're going to go back and forth on who's going to be the starter. You know, Reimer right. took the lead for a little while. Aiden Hill found his game and and Reimer got hurt. And so Aiden Hill kind of got into a groove and was playing well. So now he's kind of has the control of the crease. Um, so I think he's going to be starting, you know, 
two out of three games, unless there's back to backs or maybe three out of the four. Um, so it, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's it, again, it's a one, a one B and they're exactly 50, 50 here right now. It's halfway yeah. point in the season. You know, know, you look at the stats here for, um, this is Reimer, I think here. Yeah. So you look at the stats for Reimer and just the last four games, right? Um, this is the month of January. You take a look at the last games that he played, and you got <laughs> Tampa Bay with a .692 save percentage. Uh, L.A., .951. There you go. Uh, Detroit, the loss in Detroit, um, the 6-2 loss in Detroit, I should say, as a .833 save percentage, and the lost 8-5 loss to Pittsburgh, um, in which wasn't all him. He, they split it, but it was a .647 save percentage. The thing is, everything I said right there, only one of them was over 900. That was the 951. The rest of them were 833 or into the sixes. And yet, on the season, he's still the better goaltender with a .914, right? So, you're saying market correction, and I agree. Like, he's coming back. I don't know if I would say crashing back down to earth. That's just, uh, it's good visual there. But, you know, I mean, you look at how bad this this just this last month has been. Just the last month alone. And he's still got a 914 save percentage. So uh, he must have been doing really, really well at the, at the beginning of the season. Um, I'm, I'm just hoping that this isn't him coming back down to where he's supposed to be, that this is a dip. And then he'll come back uh, to where uh, maybe he, not necessarily where he was, but you know, bring it back up a little bit more. So I'm hoping this is the bottom. This isn't the average that we're going to be seeing throughout. And I see you're all of your teeth right now. <laughs> With the face that you're making, but uh, interesting. You know, one, one can hope. Interesting segue into our next topic here of the tough road <laughs> trip coming up here. Uh, Wednesday in Washington, Saturday at Florida, Sunday back to back at Carolina, and then the next Tuesday is at Tampa Bay. Yeah, these teams are disgusting. Uh, <laughs> And real quick, interesting note against the Florida game. This will be the first time Joe Thornton has played against the Sharks since he was on the Bruins because mm-hmm. the last two years when he was on was he on Toronto, um, because of COVID, they didn't play each other. So um, the last game was November 6, 2003, and Joe Thornton was 24 years old playing against the Sharks, and they tied 5-5 to because this was before the lockout when they still had ties after overtime. Uh, they didn't have the loser point at this point. I don't believe. Right. Did they? God, can you remember? I don't think they did. Maybe I'm they did. I'm lost in these comments. These comments are hilarious. Go ahead. Keep going. Jumbo had two assists and Scott Thornton, which is his cousin, had two yeah. goals in the game. It's crazy. Just such a throwback. It was it was Thornton, Dampus. Um, was Owen Nolan of the team then? Might have been like just just some real throwback names there. Nabokov was playing like, yeah. Anyway, go on. You want to say something? No, no, you're you're fine. Keep on rolling. Yeah. All right. Anyway, these four teams. This this is a really tough road trip. The Sharks are currently. We showed the standings earlier. They're currently in a fourth place in the division. I don't think they're going to still be in fourth place at the end of this road trip. I think they are. Speaking of crashing down to earth, I think. We're going to see, I mean, 
we're going to talk about a game that's on Tuesday. So we usually only talk about the next week, but this is the right. four games. I would say in these four games, I would be happy. I would, I would be surprised if they came away with more than three points. So you think they're going to win one or they're just going to lose three in overtime? <laughs> I think they'll win one somehow, probably in a shootout. And then- okay. So let, let's real quick. Um, Florida lost tonight to Seattle. Five to three. In so Seattle? They're beatable at the same time. I feel like unlike the Sharks losing to Seattle and going and playing against Tampa Bay and thinking, hey, we're going to. You know, we're going to come out all guns blaze and then get stomped. I think Florida's the type of team that's going to go, man, we just lost to Seattle. Coach is mad. Let's stomp all over those Sharks. So I feel like that that's probably going to be the case with Florida. I think Florida's going to come out real hard and heavy because they're uh, not happy with that one. Now, I hope that Florida's got a game in between uh, now and then because we do have uh, the caps first. So that leaves a gap for Florida to play again. I don't know if they do or don't. Uh, hopefully they take it on on whatever team that is, uh, and then they forget about it. So I don't know. See, Seattle's um, whole Seattle's whole um, strategy is to bore you to death, which is what they did to Tampa Bay. That's why they beat them. Nice. It's such a vanilla, such a vanilla yeah. team. So <laughs> vanilla. Ugh. Speaking of standings, by the way, uh, LA did beat New Jersey tonight and St. Louis uh, over Vancouver three to one. So, um, so they're LA up, Vancouver now. down. Uh, Kind of going with along with what you were saying, you were saying Vancouver is probably not going to climb back in and L.A. is going to be one of those teams that's fighting with uh, uh, with Anaheim. Yep. Good on you. So um, anyway, just wanted to throw that out there real fast. But um, yeah, as far as the next four games are concerned, Capitals, I mean, that's that's just such a tough one. Anytime you're going up against uh, the grade eight Alex Ovechkin, that's that's a. That's a hard game uh, to play there, so I'm uh, not too sure about that one. I'm trying to figure out where you think the win is out of all this. Uh, the Panthers, maybe. Um, like I said, Seattle showed that it, they can do it. Um, why not us, I guess? And speaking of why not us, Carolina Hurricanes. No, that was the Columbus Blue Jackets had the why not us thing, the America's team thing. Anyway, uh, so there's Carolina. Carolina's a great team. The Lightning, again, they stomped us 7-1 to recently, So, and now we're it's going to be back in Tampa Bay again, so... Um, yeah, this, uh, these next four games, uh, we're going to come back on the show and people are going to be like, yeah, see, we can't compete with the best teams. It's like, well, but we we're saying they're not a good team. Like, what do you want, man? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. The more, you know, there you go. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, I, you're saying you'd be happy with three points. I'd be happy with a point coming out of all this. <laughs> are you kidding me? And usually I'm the more optimistic one. I'm this is you're going through the gauntlet here, bud. Uh, Florida's. Points wise, first place in the league is sixty one. Yeah. Tampa Bay's tied with them at sixty one. Yeah. Carolina is six with fifty six. And Washington is an eighth in fifty five. These are these are four of the top eight teams in the league yeah. in one road trip. Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. So Saturday, Sunday, you've got a back to back between the Panthers and the Hurricanes, and then you get Monday, and then you have to play the Lightning on Tuesday. And then come home limping. Yeah, so four games in I'm sorry, three games in four in four days. All on the road, all against teams that are far better than you. And a back to back. I'd be happy with a point. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that's uh we'll see you guys next week and we'll all pout together. It'll be fine. It'll be a fun wow. show next week. Can't wait. 
We'll have uh we'll have a little fake campfire. Maybe Super Deuce Jason can put a little fake campfire going on here. We'll have some marshmallows, sing kumbaya. It'll be great. Maybe we'll can't change wait. it to a 49er show. <laughs> we can make all this red, can't we? Right. Not a problem. Okay. Um, okay, cool. So uh, you're way more optimistic about the week coming up than I am, but yeah, there you go. We already talked about Evander Kane. I think we want to talk about the rescheduled games and then uh, something that's kind of a blemish on the league but uh go ahead we'll talk about the rescheduled games we have a graphic for this one don't we yeah we do here's uh the sharks just announced or the nhl and the sharks announced uh changes these are the games that were postponed during um well three of them were postponed during that christmas week so originally the game against edmonton that was supposed to be on the 23rd of december is now on valentine's day uh the game that was on the 21st against vancouver is now going to be after that on february 17th and then the anaheim game uh which was on december 27th is now rescheduled for february 22nd and then the vegas game that was at the end of the season on april 10th or towards the end of the season uh is rescheduled for the sunday february 20th so what they're doing is because the players aren't going to the Olympics, the NHL players are not going to the Olympics. Um, they kind of reworked some, some games around that. They also made this decision during that Christmas week, I think right before they announced it. So not a big shocker. They're trying to rework everything. The problem is logistics, getting all the arenas free because like the San Jose sharks, like SAP center, yeah. they had, you know, multiple events scheduled during that time. So, um, just logistics of working out what when teams can fly in and play each other and where and getting getting sure that they have the ice time and space because there's other things going on. So uh, it took a while. That's why it's what what are we January twenty something twenty third. Um, it was almost a month later that we finally found out when these games are going to get rescheduled. Um, they also wanted to because teams had what three weeks off for the Olympic break. Um, they're kind of moving some things around. That's why you saw one, one game for the end of the season moved in there so yeah. that teams aren't too idle um, sitting around and not playing each other while other teams are making up a lot more games. Right. Um, so yeah, that's the schedule. Um, so if you ever printed out a shark schedule, you might want to print out a new one because now it's changed. Very and good. who knows? I want to actually, point out. I'm sorry. What? Go ahead. Okay. I want to point out uh, Peter St. John saying you skate over here, you go limping back. Uh, I feel like Captain America because I get that reference. That's from the Nutty Professor. Um, and that is actually uh, not a bad chirp if you were on the ice uh, and you wanted to say something to an opponent to get underneath their skin. That is the right way to do it. Aaron, we have some examples of the wrong way to do it, don't we? We do. We have uh, here's some tweets. Um, we unfortunately had a relative thing because it was the San Jose Barracuda. These are some two different racial uh, incidents that happened and they're disgusting. They have absolutely no place. These weren't NHL level, but it was pretty close, right? So we had yeah. one the AHL, one the ECHL, which is below the AHL. Um, the first one, let's get the tweet up here. This is from the Barracuda. There's an incident. Um, I think producer Jason's like cursing himself saying, where is this thing? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the AHL suspended the Barracuda for Christoph Hrabic. I don't even know if I'm butchering his name and I don't really care. Um, uh, uh, sorry, I'm pulling this up. Uh, for 30 games for a ra- racial gesture directed at Boko Imama of the Roadrunners in the AHL, Krabic 
imitated a monkey's movements toward him, and he is black. It was spotted by the Roadrunner's bench and confirmed via video of the game. So to me, that sounds like I didn't see this. I wasn't there, but mm-hmm. it might have happened in front of their bench, which is why some people didn't see it. Who knows? But thank God somebody saw it, and they reported it, and they went to video review and saw it, and he got suspended. Now, I don't yeah. see if the shark or not the sharks, the barracuda head, gotten rid of this guy and kicked him off the team yet but he was suspended 30 games by the league which is cool but i think this guy should be out of the league i wouldn't be surprised if he gets cut because i don't even know who this guy is i don't think he's a prospect i think i think because i've seen the name before but i yeah i I think what why he was on the roster is because the nhl level has a taxi squad so they pulled up some guys that are prospects that are in the barracuda yeah um so they had to fill it in probably with echl guys which is what this guy probably was or some scrub or something so um that's who this guy was and there's absolutely no place in this for hockey so the other incident happened uh in the echl and i think this happened a day or two ago um so we'll put this tweet up this was so the original Jacksonville Iceman tweeted, overtime began with a rough fighting resulting in multiple penalties on both sides. That that kind of underscores what happened. So Jordan Subban, who was the guy who was fighting, um, said more like Panetta, who was the guy that did this, was too much of a coward to fight me. And as soon as I began to turn my back, he started making monkey gestures at me. So I punched him in the face multiple times and he turtled like a coward that he is there. Fix it, as in fixed your tweet. Right. So... Two instances. Um, that guy, I think they announced today, Panetta, uh, who did the um, the monkey gestures and noises, I believe. Um, it's actually on video. I saw the video. It's awful. And uh, he got cut by the team. So I don't know if he got suspended. Who cares? He got cut. Nobody's going to pick up this guy. He's done. His career is done, which is great. This is exactly the response that should happen. None of this should ever be in the game. What's the slogan for the Sharks? Teal together. And what's the other one? Um, or not, it's not even the Sharks, low, it's it's the NHL hockey is for everyone, yeah, right? Yeah. Hockey is for everyone, knock it off. I mean, we see this crap, I hate this. This, this yeah. gets my blood boiling. How stupid, like, sure, you want to get under the guy's skin, but that's just this is just overboard. Yeah. We, I see this a lot in, in soccer, in, in football around the world. Um, we. <laughs> We see this a lot. I mean, I have, I don't play this year, but in the the uh, NHL, what's it? EC? No, what's it called? Online hockey, online EASHL. EASHL. I was going to say ECHL. It's wrong. Um, we see it a lot, and yeah. now, I mean, this is going into video games, but EA Sports yeah. finally put something up where you could report it. And I, it made me so, it was disgusting to see, I don't even going to say what we saw, yeah, but yeah. just so many times we've seen so many people just doing a bunch of racial stuff. It's awful. It has no place anywhere. So racism needs to get stomped out. Um, there's a big, yeah. big thing in, in FIFA about stomping out racism. Um, this is just absolutely ridiculous. It's 2022 now. This stuff needs to stop. This is archaic and so dumb. Anyway, uh, Kellen Foster asking if he's related. Jordan is related to PK and Malcolm. Yes, they are all brothers. Yep. Um, Jordan, obviously not quite as successful as uh, PK and Malcolm, but um, still making it to the e, uh, ECHL is no easy feat. So um, still a very, very good uh, player. That's, that's Which I, I mean, has nothing to do with the right? incident. Who cares how good the player is? It's right. 
it's all about the uh, the actions there. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's terrible that this type of stuff is still happening and still going on. And I I, I wonder where they're going to start having that line drawn, right? Where and, and this is obviously anything where it's racially motivated. Obviously, in, in this case, it being a black player. I wonder how how much of it they're going to say this is not okay. If if you make fun of a Swedish player um, by imitating, you know, the Swedish chef Muppet or something, it, where where do they start drawing the line about what's okay and just chirping and what's not? Obviously, this is on the very far end of not okay. Um, but you know, you you kind of need to start checking yourself for any of the things that you might think are even just smaller incidents, uh, let alone something like this, where I think that the gesture was um, like, like appealing motion, which is not cool. And then the, there's the second one thing with Jordan was he was trying to say, Oh, I was saying, Oh, you're a big man. He was flexing, but it wasn't a flex. It was like, an it was a, never mind. Anyway, um, it, it just, yeah, those types of things. It's just, you, you got to get rid of that type of stuff um, just in daily life. Forget about just sports, but in just the life, um it, it's just not right it's not okay um and, and you know like they say for for at least for hockey they're saying hockey is for everyone well it needs to be um and until stuff like this is out of the game it, it can't be so um yeah i'm looking forward to the day where we don't have to bring up stories like this because they just don't exist but unfortunately um it, it is the case and i think it was was it kellen that had said it or maybe anthony uh, no, Ryan, actually, Ryan Sontag said, I'm glad you guys are bringing these up. Um, yeah, I mean, we talk about the Sharks, but stuff like this is kind of it's important to us still. Um, so we want to bring things like this up. And um, it's unfortunate that we have to. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't even know what else to say about it. It's just it's disgusting. There's no there's no place in the game for it. And it's un- really unfortunate that it's coming out of San Jose. Uh, for at least one of these uh, incidents here, um, you would think that they'd have some sort of training to to push players beyond this. But yeah, right. They're going to be. I think I don't know about the Barracuda, but I think the ECHL announced that they're going to be doing training for for their team. Um, actually, no. There was another tweet here that uh, there was a statement from the Barracuda about it. Um, here it is. Oh man, this is really small. Let's see if I can read it. On the morning of January 13th, the American Hockey League started uh, alerted San Jose Barracuda manager that Crystal Hrabic made a racial gesture towards Tucson Roadrunners uh, Boko Imama during the team's January 12th game in San Jose. He was immediately removed from all team activities pending an investigation by the AHL with full cooperation with the Barracuda organization. Following the investigation, the AHL announced today that he would be suspended for 30 games with the potential to apply for an early reinstatement on March 12th, pending an evaluation of his progress and training provided by the NHL player inclusion committee, which is something that's new. Um, the Barracuda and Sharks organization were appalled to learn of this incident. We offer our sincerest apologies to Boko, the run Rogers organization, the AHL, our fans, and the entire hockey community. While we support the ability for individuals to atone and learn from the disrespectful incidents in this context, these actions are in direct opposition to the Barracuda and Sharks organization's values. In connection with the NHL's league-wide effort to foster an inclusion culture in hockey, the San Jose Sharks and San Jose Barracuda have partnered with the Respect Group to launch a series of trainings and workshops for personnel and players. So they are doing something about it. I'm yeah. sure they went to the NHL Player Inclusion Committee, uh, which used to be, what, wasn't Evander Kane one of the people in hockey that? Hockey Diversity Alliance? 
Uh, maybe it's different. Maybe something else. Yeah, I think that's still a separate thing, but okay. Um, In fact, uh, sorry, Hockey Diversity Alliance. Kellen Foster's got hashtag tape out. Hey, I saw a commercial that they had done um, where they they've got that on uh, stick tape, and they're just wrapping their stick tape uh, around the sticks with it and whatnot. And um, so that's kind of, I guess, the hashtag for that one. So uh, if you're listening uh, as a podcast as well, um, feel free to check out that hashtag and and get some good information there. Yep. Um, and uh, I forgot to mention this Subban, uh, going back to him, he said that he grew up with this. It happened to juniors. It happened in, uh, I forget some, some other names he named. He said in the professional leagues, it's happened a few times. This wasn't yeah. the only instance that he's ever had to deal with. It's very unfortunate and this should not happen. See, and, and the correct way to chirp as Peter St. John is saying, he says, I like Wingle's chirp at the otter when when he lost his stick and was complaining, what do you need a stick for? You're not going to score. That's a good chirp. There you go. So uh, let's stick to stuff like that. Um, yeah. Tape out the hate, I think. So uh, also Peter saying, can you imagine what kind of stuff Willie O'Ree heard when he played? Yeah, I can. And because um, back in, in those days, I mean, <laughs> far worse. Uh, but yeah, I can, I can only imagine. I'd really rather not bring it up. So I'm going to stick right over that. But thank you for bringing that up bring some awareness. Um, hopefully again, we don't have to bring this type of stuff up anymore, but it's just unfortunate that that's probably not going to be the case. There are probably going to be other incidents that we, uh, we end up talking about. Mm-hmm. So on that downer, um, Aaron, anything else you wanted to bring up or a, a comment or anything else you want to say? No, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think that'll do it for me. All right. Very good. Well, hey, guys, we did appreciate you guys uh, stopping by. And I think we got a $5 super chat. So, again, thank you so much for that. We appreciate you supporting the show. Feel free to head over to thefinfactor.com. We've got uh, shirts and fanny packs now uh, and uh, water bottles, as Aaron uh, has right there in front of him. I think he can display one for you. There you go. Uh, we even got some hoodies all of a sudden. This is uh, some good stuff. nice. There you go. It's got the taking a sip with the logo showing and everything. It's better, too. Well done. Um, so yeah, feel free to hop over to the finfactor.com. Check out the product page, support the show. That's what you're doing when you uh, purchase any of those products. And it does help us uh, keep the lights on and be able to do stuff like this where we had a remote session today instead of being able to be in a studio. Uh, so again, thank you guys so much for that. Please remember also to make sure that you share, retweet, whatever it is on Instagram to re-something our post. Um, <laughs> please feel free to do that. Uh, it, no wonder it doesn't get any love. I don't know anything about Instagram. <laughs> That's why this Instagram is all you, buddy. I don't I do the rest of the stuff. So anyway, oh, really um, old, man. Yeah, check those out. Please get some more people interested in, in uh, joining the streams and uh, joining the, the comment section as well. We love having the back and forth with you guys and having the good conversations. You give us some fun and interesting things to talk about. So we do appreciate that. Aaron, any other last second thing I should be bringing up that I don't have on the top? Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. Yes, yes. Get, get on, on with it. With it. Uh, so, Niners. So, go Niners. Go Niners. Uh, that was a fantastic and, and game we'll get on with it, I guess. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Aaron Rodgers getting trolled like crazy. It's fantastic. Yeah, we're beating LA. We're playing the Rams. So, yeah. it'll be a... We've already beat them twice this season. So it'll be an uh, interesting game. Hopefully, third time's a charm. Maybe we'll have uh, an episode one of like the Niner Nation or something like that, and just do one show. And that'll be it. Oh, actually, 
We should talk about next week's show because the Niners play on Sunday. We don't want to compete with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not going to work here anymore. So, Well, uh, one way or another, we'll let you guys know. If you're not subscribed, please do so. Uh, you'll know when yeah. we have the, uh, the the live stream going. Hit the notification bell and you get that. Also, if you're not following us on Twitter, it's at the Fin Factor on Facebook. Uh, same thing, the Fin Factor on Instagram. It's just Fin Factor because of an eight-year-old. Um, and and you'll any of the things that we post, obviously you'll see it. So when we know when we're doing a show, then you'll know as well. There you go. Oh yeah, and then there's our own separate ones as well. So there you go. Okay. That's going to do it for this show. Guys, thank you again so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, For Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. We will see you guys. Sometime next week. (laughs) Sometime next week. Go Niners. Go Niners. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com, where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.